It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement vows that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Dr. Media, the podcast about two dads. One of us believing in the power of science. One of us believing in the power of Jesus. But both of us believing in the power of an ice cold beer, not lukewarm. Ice cold. Ice cold. It's got to be ice cold. In fact, I tell you, where one of my favorite places to get a beer is, is, uh, is right down the road here. You know where that is? Uh, the Trap Tavern? No, I, I do like the Trap Tavern. Um, the Duck Inn. I, I do like the Duck Inn. It's we went to Chad's we, and everybody there knew Doc and the Deacon. That's it was right. great. Do you remember the night we went to the office? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We that went was, to Park Bistro. We went to Park Bistro before there. Two-Hearted Bells. That's right. We're flowing and we're delicious. I want to give a shout out to Kevin the bartender. Kevin makes a wonderful espresso martini. So, Kevin, uh, thanks so much for a great evening. And, and there was even a smooth. So, I think what really made the night for me. Was, uh, was when we were with uh, uh, one of our friends who, who's been on, a friend of the show, right? A, a big friend of the show. Executive producer, John Woolman, and, and, and somebody at the bar tried to, tried to slip him a number. She had the, the hand all closed, went to shake his hand and slide it in. It fell in his lap. I hadn't seen a phone ever handed off in yeah. a long time. It was and a I nice handoff. Yeah. Because yeah. nowadays you just grab somebody's phone and type it in. And the best part is we did not need a babysitter that night because your daughter is old enough to yes. babysit. Free babysitter. Woo! She's old enough to babysit. Here's the And I didn't have any money left to uh, pay her because Park Pistro is quite expensive. Yeah. Here's, the fa- here's, the, here's my favorite part of the night. Um, so my 13-year-old agreed to babysit. And then we came home. And you know how... All like, the other kids are asleep. All the other kids are asleep. And you know how when you're growing up and you hit 13 and it's time to have talks with your parents. And I feel like um, my children are uh, probably going to need therapy or not. Because being a child of mine means you're going to be embarrassed quite often. And no, you're gonna be no used to as it. their doctor, your children are definitely going to need <laughs> therapy. Lots of it. Our show, actually, if it doesn't take off and get more famous, yeah. we will not be able to afford the amount of therapy your children That's right. need. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting is we came home and the four of us, so it was a date night between the two couples, the docs and the deacons together. Yeah. And we came home and we decided we were going to give uh, our, my 13-year-old. Oh, so she had like a boyfriend. Yeah. And there was like this set or that set on social and so media. We said, so we hey, decided to give the talk. The birds. Oh, yeah. And the bees. The bees. Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the thing up above and the thing called love. The word we missed was moon. Yeah, the moon. Yeah, the moon. <laughs> the moon. Let's try one more time. Who can be expected to memorize all these? Let me tell these? you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the moon up above. And the thing called love, love, love. You know what 13 year olds don't understand? Either love. Love or sex or any of that. No. So the doc and the deacon. And Mrs. Doc and Mrs. Deacon. Oh, everyone got involved. We did the talk. We did the talk. And you know why? You know why we did the talk? 
Because we're, we're great parents. Because we're great parents. Yeah, we care about, you know, I, here's one thing I can tell you. Um, I think, way, especially now. Did she comment on it later? Did she say? I think she really appreciated it. I think she learned a few things. Because, um, you know, I have quite a bit of experience. Um, so I think she learned a few things. And I think she really appreciated our, our openness and knowing that she doesn't have just one person you know, she's got family and relative family. You know, I mean, my kids call you guys Uncle Drum and Auntie Tauntaun. Uh, I'm surprised, though, that the bases have changed. I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how the bases could have changed. Yeah, I feel I like they either. were set in stone. And so it was interesting at this time to have a group of people yeah. talk about the birds and the bees with someone. And I feel like we allowed her to ask us questions. Yep. And we were able to ask her questions. And I think that was one of the important things we were able to ask her. It's like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? Because you know what I realized? What? The church not, is not going to discuss it. Well, here's what I can Why tell Why does the church not realize that sex is going to happen? I think, uh, I think the church is continuing to grow. Um, there's a lot of people in the church... Who, who think that to talk about it is to grant permission. And the church never wants to be perceived because then you have parents who, now the problem is you have people who go to the church who are going to say, you started talking about sex and then my kid went out and tried it. And if you hadn't talked about it, they would have never thought about it. And, and you know that nuns are just looking down upon them. Yeah, and here's the reality. Uh, you know, when we were growing up, you had to work you heard about it, right, from older friends who had older siblings. I mean, that was my first encounter, right? Maybe my story's different. I heard about it. No, no, no. From uh, a friend I, who had a no, friend who was older. you learned about it in Bible school. Bible <laughs> school talked to you about. Well, we talked about Adam and Eve. And sexual techniques. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that was not something that was talked about. In fact, the church is long, long-standing uh, talk on celibacy and and I, so I was raised Catholic and I'm jumping in here. Yeah. And my wife was not. And it was a family tradition to go to church. Yeah. I short listened and was trying to understand my place in this world as a young person. Yeah. And for my family's values, I decided I was going to get married in church. Oh, so we did pre-Cana classes. And the last one, my wife was like, I've had enough of this. So I went to the last <laughs> pre-Cana class by myself. And I want to point out we have a good relationship, but I was there and I was trying to listen to the word and I was really struggling to connect. But we went and we meet with this priest. Yeah. And the priest was really nice. But during pre-Cana at one point, he goes, there's two questions you have to like answer. And it's one, uh, do you plan on taking God as your savior? And number two is, do you plan on bringing children to the world? It was, you had to say yes, because you can't get married in the Catholic church at the time I was, if you were getting married to just spend time with another person, bringing other Catholics into the world was important. Yeah. And he said, are you prepared to try to bring people into the world? And I was like, oh yes, father, we've been practicing. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me? And I was like, oh, we got a dog. Yeah. And he thought we meant we were practicing, practicing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah uh, that's funny. And, uh, and, and we were not. And then he made us do all these extra, like, it was like a scantron. 
and you had to do like 80 questions. Yeah. But uh, we were of different religions at the time, and so he made us do extra. And then he asked me for my address, and I wrote it down. And he asked for her, my wife's address. Who was it was on, the same. Know, fiance, yeah. And she gave the same address. And he's like, so you guys have the same address? And we're like, yes. And he goes, already? And we're like, yes, Father. Welcome to 2006. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. Listen, I have a friend who, who's still scarred by his interaction with uh, a pastor at the time that he and his wife were, uh, na- that in, they were living together. I don't believe he has scars. I'm Thomas the Doubter. Show me your scars. Yeah, that's right. Um, they were they were living together, and the pastor said, "Hey, you guys need to move out and do all of these things." And I understood where the pastor was coming from. Here's move out. No, I don't understand that at all. Well, he, he was saying, "Hey, listen, um, to sacrifice now for something if if marriage is so important to you, to enter into that covenant." Right, the word covenant means. Do you know contract. how much rent is these days? Just, I rent is like thirteen hundred. I understand. So here's here's I think the point. Um, it's a very serious contract, and I think sex is an important thing. I think the church misses the opportunity to gain people's trust because I think growing up the belief was sex is bad, don't do it. And as I got older. Um, I found out sex feels fantastic. Sex is not bad. It is not bad. But it is and a then, big responsibility. So then you start to wonder, why did they tell me for so long? Why did no one really give me the talk in a way? I mean, my yeah. parents were both Christians and had both... Uh, How can sex be bad and yet bring children into the world? And also, there is a pleasure to it as well. How you know, could those things... My How parents, could something like that my be so bad? My parents didn't talk about it. They handed me condoms at one point and said, hey... If you get a woman pregnant, you met your wife. <laughs> and that's actually what happened. And that's true. <laughs> that is actually a very good point. I was 30-something, but yes, that's a good point. But the reality is, um, you know, I, I did not have a healthy relationship with sex growing up. Uh, we'll talk about that on a different episode. Do you think that's because religion didn't allow you to discuss this with your family? Oh, I think there's a lot of factors. I think I didn't trust it. I think because I knew how everybody else felt about it, I didn't trust anyone enough to tell anybody what I was going through and what was happening. Hmm. And the reality is I was 12. And it's really hard as a 12-year-old boy to talk about something that is, uh, that's that powerful that you don't understand. Yeah. Right? I mean, it really, it really is. And it took me uh, 20 plus years. I, uh, I, I'm on my second marriage, right? As some of our listeners probably don't know. Um, and my unhealthy relationship with sex was a huge reason for uh, the reason my first marriage ended. And... I almost tried to sabotage this one because so in my thirties and then we really found and I dug into the Bible and and my relationship with God and found a different understanding of what God wanted for us for sex. And you know what the reality is, man, if you really read the Bible, he celebrates, he talks about it in a way that is passionate and powerful. The difference is 
I think when Paul talks about it, Paul talks a lot about it a lot in Corinthians. He's talking to the Corinthians and he says, flee from sexual immorality because so many people around you are immoral. And what he's saying is not that sex is immoral. He's saying when there is no covenant, no binding that goes along with sex, when it's not in a committed relationship, when you're, don't, when you're just doing it for fun because it feels good, there's A, no sacrifice and no understanding of the consequences that come along with it, right? I mean, sex, and I can tell you that with intimacy, real intimacy with a person that you have a bond with, that you're committed to, and I've had it uh, lots of different ways with uncommitted relationships and one night stands and um, people that I, I'm not even sure if I knew their name, right? True stories. Yeah. Right? And nothing is better. I, I look back and think, gosh, as much as I love my wife now, what I wouldn't give. Now, I'm glad I learned along the way, but it would be really cool for her to be the only woman that I was able to share that level of intimacy with. And now the reality is we have a level of intimacy that is far exceeds because of what I've gone through and the way we went through it together. It's, but, it's interesting because it almost seems like early on when you needed religion to talk to you about yeah. healthy sex, they weren't there. Yeah. But then when you refound Jesus as you were an adult kind of, you know, uh, later in life, it helped you again. So it's almost, you know, religion was not helpful for you initially, but then afterwards it seemed like was super helpful for you. Well, the Bible... Or, or your connection to Jesus. There you go. Your connection so, to Jesus. The Bible, my connection to Jesus and my ability... So religion as, is one of my least favorite words. It really is. Because I think... But the show's called Doc and the Deacon. Yeah, but there's a difference between... Stethoscope the scope and hope. Talking everything from poop to the Pope. One believes in... I know, I know it. Yeah. I know the song. I know the song. I'm just trying to get... One believes in spiritual yeah, miracles, yeah, yeah. the other believes in bowels that are irritable. I get it. But here's the deal. Um, when, when it's a prescription, so you prescribe medicine all the time. Sure. Right? But you have to understand... I prescribe medicine to make sex safer because I think I'm okay with once someone is an adult having sex for pleasure in a controlled environment. But your prescription for whatever, for sex, for an ailment, for whatever. To prevent contraception. Can't come to, to, to prevent pregnancy. To until there's a really good understanding yes. of the synopsis, right? And I think religion has this blanket prescription that says sex is, you know, only meant between a married man and a married woman. And the reality is uh, the church continues to change. It continues to grow. Um, sex is not just happening between people who are married. It's not just happening between people, a man and a woman. Yep. Right. And does that mean that, um, those people can't love God? Does that mean that, uh, that's different? And here's what I can tell you. So my favorite story, um, uh, we were working with a church, uh, called the triple X church and the guy who founded the triple X church, they used to go. Vin Diesel, triple X. <laughs> They used to go to, uh, to uh, conventions for adult films. So like the AVN Rewards, things like that. Oh, shout and out they, to my boy, Paul Fishman. That's right. They would carry Bibles in and they would talk to, to people who were porn stars or in the porn industry and talk to them about Jesus. 
And oh, they would come over and people would come and tell their stories of brokenness and broken relationships with sex and broken relationships with people because of the church and what the church did. Because the church, a lot of times would say, hey, until you get it right, leave the church. Don't come back until you get it figured out. Now you're all alone oh. trying oh. to figure out the, 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 the complexities of, of That's this That's why doctors are here to help these people. Yeah. I mean, you need a doctor and a priest. <laughs> Maybe. Right? So here's the deal. Uh, so he tells this story and he says, uh, he, he became friends with, um, what's your boy's name with the curly hair? Ron, Ron Jeremy. He, he became friends with Ron Jeremy and they started talking and Ron Jeremy started exploring his relationship with God. And I remember uh, somebody asked Ron Jeremy, hey, what's it like to be friends with a pastor? And he said, ah, man, it's pretty cool. You know, we hear about God, blah, blah, blah. And when they came to Jake and they asked Jake, uh, he said, hey, what's it like? Jake thought they were going to ask him, what's it like to be friends with a porn star? But instead, somebody said, hey, Jake, um, do you believe that Ron Jeremy can still go to heaven? Wow, that's a great question. That's a great question. And you know what Jake's answer was? He said, I can't tell you that. What I can tell you is that being a porn star isn't the thing that'll keep him out. Wow. So Ron Jeremy did a lot of other bad things? <laughs> Because if you believe, because we're all flawed, right? And, and what Jesus did, and if you really read the Bible, you know, the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament is all about laws. And when Jesus came, he said, I abolished the law and I brought a new covenant to you. Well, he a made laws. There are 10 commandments. That's the Old Testament, bro. Oh. Jesus came in and said, He signed off on those. Didn't he, he sign off on those? He smashed the tablet, man. He said, Look, I bring a new covenant to you. Why do we even talk about them? If Jesus destroyed the Ten Commandments, why? Yes. We, how come this didn't exactly. come up in the Ten Commandments episode? He comes up and he says, I give you a new covenant, a covenant with the Son, and my blood is the only thing that you have to worry about. So if you take me and take my name, then all those rules, because he says, He says, Hey, People can follow laws and even those laws. So there's a part where he's talking to the Pharisees and the Pharisees say, you, you, heard, you healed someone on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, did you know that even uh, that looking at a woman in lust is adultery? Did you know that thinking of another man in hate is the same as murder? Mm. And the reason he did that, I believe. And he I, said, I can tell, Peter, you look thirsty. <laughs> You're getting thirsty. You are thought. So look, I, my contention, and I've talked with other people about this, and I really believe that the reason that he did that is because... So you're a pretty progressive deacon. Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a man who believes that I believe in a God who's bigger, who believes in love, and cares for people, right? I think love is the greatest thing of all, and he says, love thy neighbor. But here's the deal. I think he said... What does he mean by love thy neighbor? Well, <laughs> in a bond, in a good relationship, yeah. right? So I think he said that... Ever since we had our curse word episode, everything's been going downhill. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. We've been flying downhill. Yeah. But I think he said that about adultery because I think he wanted to let people know. And Paul says, uh, and tells people, says, hey, look, everyone falls short of the glory of God. He talks in Romans. And, and he does that so no man can boast. We have new life because of Jesus, not because of anything man has done. And so the reality is, when we talk about sex, we, as the church, we continue to have to create a bridge to people in a healthy way because they're exposed to it younger and younger. There's more, I mean, we had to work when we were kids to see a booby, right? Now, all you got to do is, is like click on, 
you know, one you're one link away from a from a from a nipple. Yeah, we are. We are. Or you could just watch the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that it's difficult to know the time to discuss the birds and the bees. Yeah. And the whole term comes from the idea that bees carry and deposit pollen into flowers. And there's a rumor that the whole terminology comes from a poem by uh, Samuel Coleridge. All nature seems at work. The bees are stirring. Birds are on the wing. And I, the wild, the so unbusy thing, not honey make, nor pear, nor bud, nor sing. And that's where the term the birds and the bees is thought to have come from. Can you read that again? That was pretty erotic. No, don't read it again. You want me to read it in my no, sexy voice? No, no. Don't read it again. <laughs> and so these are my thoughts on the birds and the bees. This is my uh, recommendations for you if you yeah. have young children. First, it's okay for this to be awkward. Realize there's a time when it's right, obviously around puberty, when kids start talking about things, and you're allowed to have boundaries. Patients have misconceptions about sex. Children have misconceptions about sex. Obviously, deacons have misconceptions about sex. Also, oh. explaining sex is not going to make someone have more sex. Talking about sex does not necessarily make someone go have sex. We know this. If you do not talk about sex, does not mean that they, they won't will have, not sex. have sex. That's right. Right? Like if you pretend like sex doesn't exist, it does not mean that your children will never have sex. I mean, growing up, Megan used to say, uh, you know, at the state, leave some room for the Holy Spirit. At the school dances. Oh, I love it. I love it. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that you should not only discuss sex, but you should discuss sexuality with all male and female teenagers during all routine visits. We're supposed to ask about social media use and particularly about pornography. And I will tell you, I have never, uh, I do the time right. I kick the parent out and I discuss, hey, do you know what sex is? Do you know how babies are made? You know that a penis going inside a vagina is how babies are made. You can also transmit infections. It is not uh, my job to tell you when sex is an appropriate time. I want you to make sure that you realize that sex, even though it may feel nice, brings all of these other emotions and thoughts and risk into place. You want to make sure that you are at a place where you're mature enough and emotionally set enough that you are comfortable realizing that after you have sex, it is over. Yeah. And then there are these things that come along with sex sometimes. So I say, are you ready to raise a baby? Are you ready to be a baby daddy? If not, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that works, right? So in one year, they took a look and at the recommendations of what different states did. Yeah. And uh, some states talked about sex and safe sex. And then Texas in particular discussed straight abstinence. Yeah. And guess which state had the highest underage uh, pregnancy rate? Texas. Oh, by far. By far. Which means if you do not talk about it, they will still have it. Yeah. Well, listen, I think there's... Water kills the aliens. That's right. So, next. Ask about non-sexual consensual activity. Make sure to discuss with people. Now, not now, ever, consent. But there's now even more of a need to discuss... Because I think we failed to realize that people weren't discussing this well enough. Talk to male teenagers about how to talk with partners about their contraception. Specifically, I have young men that go, well, I, I think someone's on birth control or I think this or that. And I well, say, you don't you want to talk about question. it. Yeah, because you don't want to ruin it. Because once you bring sex up, then she's like, uh. Yeah, but it'll make, 
if you're in a relationship with a woman, especially if you, you are make a, a young person, yes. knowing that someone is on birth control and knowing you've had that discussion beforehand. I remember when I was like, well, when, you know, we've had different experiences growing up when I was like 12 or 13, thinking about kissing a girl for the first time. It was like, Hey, I'm going to meet you by the tree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are we going to kiss? And I was so nervous with like butterflies in my stomach and we went and like, I did the worst like little uh, kiss ever. Yeah. But I mean, there was so much consent. We talked on the phone for like four hours to discuss it today. Next, screen for sexually transmitted infections. Give the HPV vaccine. I feel like I'm every episode in a row talking about uh, vaccines, but give the HPV vaccine and screen for sexual problems and treat appropriately. Actually, kids start early with body exploration. Oh. Children touch for their genitals and teach them that it is okay to touch your genitals. Teach them that you shouldn't touch your genitals at school or in front of others. And genitals are like noses. Uh, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your uh, friend's uh, balls. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. Right, like a yeah. no, uh, genitals are like noses, you know, and don't get caught looking. Right, yeah. like, I feel like there's times where I'm driving and I look over and the guy next to me is picking his nose. Oh, uh, I mean, it's you, you've seen that Seinfeld episode, right? No. Oh yeah, the pick. That's oh, a great one. Oh, Jerry gets it. caught picking his nose, and then he tries to follow the woman to explain he was just wiping that there was no penetration. And I think some people are worried about... But from the side, it looks like... From pen- the side, yeah. It, what was a wipe might look like penetration. I think sometimes we're worried about it because we're worried about what kids are going to ask us. And it's okay to say that's personal. My daughter recently said, Daddy, did you have a girlfriend before mommy? Daddy, how old were you when you had a girlfriend? Uh, my six-year-old's the one I worry about. My 10-year-old's fine. But my six-year-old is, uh, you know, who loves TikTok is also like, Daddy, how many girls have you kissed? Yeah. And it's okay to say, hey... Yes, I've had a girlfriend before your mommy. Uh, I, I don't know how many girls I've kissed because I really don't know, uh, but it's none of your business anyway. Yeah. And it's okay because I think sometimes we're embarrassed of what we either did too much of or too little of. And the honest truth is there's no amount that's just right. As long as you're comfortable in your own skin and you feel like you're making decisions that are comfortable for you and are on your own terms. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Who would have done a better job explaining the birds or the bees to you, mom or dad? Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think uh, my dad had had a very medical point of view. Oh, can I pretend to be your dad? Yeah. Hello, Peter. Yeah, hello. I'm. Uh, I'm your dad, also, Peter. Oh, God, yeah, that's true. I know. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Down there. Yeah. I've seen you looking at your own penis, and uh, I don't know that you realize that there's a time that sex happens, and you put a penis in a vagina to make a baby. But God yeah. wants you to wait until you're married. So you shouldn't do that for a long time. I wouldn't even look at your penis. <laughs> when you look down, look at your knees. That's look at right. your toes. But glance by your penis quickly and, and try to pretend it's not toes. there. Yeah, Peter, you know that Jesus wants this. And if you want to go to heaven, you need to think about Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary and the Holy Spirit and the ghost. And not your penis. Ignore the penis, Peter. Perfect. That was wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> now you know what my dad did? Now I'm thinking about my penis. <laughs> you know what my dad did? What? He's like, have you seen the new centerfold on this Playboy? <laughs> and that is really how I learned. And then I got in trouble for selling some of the Playboys down the street <laughs> to some of the kids in the neighborhood. But you know what? You got to realize is I was trying to make money. Yeah. So you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, and I wish I had saved some of that money to try to help pay back my school loans. Yeah. 
There's, there's no wrong way, but talk to your children. I think the church is, understands that much of what we have done is we've assigned um, almost like a male perspective. Like, you know, the church often, you know, they talk about the marital bed. The Bible talks about the marital bed. It talks about the man. And much of what they're talking about can easily be interpreted. And so many uh, leaders in the church community have made it seem or have interpreted in a way that makes it feel like it's very male dominated. And the reality is, ladies, there is a, a consent and the need. Men always have a drive for sex as they get older. And it's important, I think, for women to own um, their consent and you know, to not feel pressured into or talked into something that is so important because it really can change a relationship for good and for bad. Yeah. Well, so I think the worry is sex is being brought up earlier than it used to be. I think, I don't know. My kids don't seem to have any sense more than I did growing up at the same time. It seems like the timelines are the same, but we definitely have more fear of it because I'm a parent now as opposed to a kid. Yeah. But I mean, people are being called hoes earlier. I don't know that I remember anybody in, in seventh or eighth grade being referred to as a hoe. Well, that famous uh, song with Justin Bieber in the Could the Roy, you can't turn a hoe into a yeah. housewife. I mean, you know, my kids don't even know what that means, but they know the rap song. Yeah. Even though I ask them to play the kids' version. Yeah. But the key is you're not going to hurt your children by talking to them about it. And it's not going to hurt the church to realize it's time on Sunday school to talk about this. And, and not to nine-year-olds, not to seven-year-olds, but if kids are hitting puberty, if kids are in eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, we need to start asking these questions because as we know, not talking about sex will not not make it happen. What you think, can't wish your children having sex away. And I think that as religious leaders and as parents, it's never too early to build a, a relationship built on trust And to be willing, sometimes we might have to say to kids, hey, I don't think we're ready to talk about that yet, but let me talk about a few other things. And I want to hear your feelings and your, I want to open the lines of communication because when there is no trust, that's when they have nowhere to go. So I have a question. Who do you think people trust more? Their doctor or their priest? I think that's what started this whole thing, right? This whole, when we started... You know, two and a half are you, years ago. Are you going to answer the question? Well, I think when we started, that was really the idea. And, you know, physicians for a long time were the pillar of trust in the community, right? And then you had Dr. Death. Oh, stop it. And stop it. You know think, the answer is doctor. I think religious leaders had the trust of the community for a long time. And then you had Catholicism. <laughs> so, <laughs> shot to the heart. <laughs> so the answer is doctors. We win again. Well, I don't know. And you know what? If you want to learn about sex, talk to your doctor, not your priest. Because you know what we know about? What? We know about the birds the bir- oh, and the bees and, and the flowers and the trees and the, the moon up above. And this thing called heaven? Up. Yeah. <laughs> Two things you can count on. The doc is in. And the deacon speaks. Listen, there's a lot of hotlines out there. And if you find yourself or anyone that you know uh, who are not in a consensual relationship, 
or feel like they're a victim of abuse, then please reach out to somebody. Also, to our social media team, can you please put up a thing, should Ron Jeremy go to heaven? That's right. Should Ron Jeremy go to heaven? And my answer is, uh, as long as he believes... In Jesus. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, produced by Tucker DeButler, a uh, rapper uh, franchise. Thanks to our lovely wives. We love you both. Yeah, I would never be able to have sex again if it wasn't for my wife. So thank you. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Excellent brain trust to market it. Brandness that's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show gonna be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic, you can't fake it Often imitated, but never duplicated So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in Now I'm coming to close it like a Roldis Chapman